Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're talking about the Holy Land where Jesus lived, ministered, and died. Our guests today are Father James A. Cora, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Council Bluffs, and Father John Baroby, associate pastor at St. Francis Parish in West Des Moines. Both priests recently made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Should be a fascinating conversation with the two fathers, but here we are on the 31st. It's the cusp of Holy Week, Passion right. Sunday, and then the, the, the Sacred Triduum next week as well, but uh, kind of feeling even a little bit of anticipation as today is the Chrism Mass, the consecration of the sacred oils. We'll be celebrating Saints Peter and Paul in Atlantic, so Father Trevor Shequin, pastor there uh, as well, and uh, St. Mary Anita, but uh, he's also our director of worship, so it's kind of a twofer there, but it's also an opportunity always for the fraternity and the solidarity of the, the priests of any diocese, including for our Des Moines diocese, as they renew the promises of their priesthood and everything. So it's a very solemn moment. People would be welcome to come to St. Peter and Paul. Uh, members of the faithful are, are happy to join us, and it might be a kind of a unique experience in your life that not everyone gets to see. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate at the cathedral at times, but also in other places. So, And we think about priests and their, their commitment and taking on the yoke of their, their office. For those who are pastors, I've been fortunate to formally recognize and install some pastors in the diocese. Some of them kind of overdue. They've been in their appointments for over a year or more. But uh, that's kind of a nice moment, I think, to to celebrate and to you know, confirm that relationship between a pastor and his people. So I was able to do so with Father Adam Westfall at St. Thomas Aquinas in Indianola. Uh, also, Father Rafael Asama at that school mass at St. Teresa's in Des Moines. Uh, we'll be with Father Clement Owusu. We were with him last Saturday at St. Michael in Harlan, and we'll continue to do so moving throughout the diocese. Father Joe Pinn at the Tuesday mass at uh, St. Francis of Assisi in West Des Moines. So among the things that they say when they come together is kind of the promise of uh, the oath of fidelity and the profession of faith. Obviously, they lead their people in this, but it says, you know, with firm faith, I also believe everything contained in the word of God, whether written or handed down in tradition, which the church, either by a solemn judgment or by the ordinary and universal magisterium, sets forth to be believed as divinely revealed. In fulfilling the charge entrusted to me in the name of the church, I shall hold fast to the deposit of faith in its entirety. I shall faithfully hand it on and explain it, and I shall avoid any teachings to the contrary. With Christian obedience, I shall follow what the bishops, the authentic doctors and teachers of the faith, declare, or what they, as those who govern the church, establish. So, you know, that's uh, something that, you know, we know earlier this month, as pastors make that promise and oath of fidelity, uh, what's sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander, that, you know, we would ask no less and even more, I think, for the bishops, the successors of the apostles, uh, that they would do so, that they are stewards of the faith that's been handed on to them and of the apostolic tradition. They, you know, So the ordinary magisterium, that body of teaching that's all there. So very troubling for us. It's not like it came out of nowhere what happened in Germany as the synodal process that they have there. There's Let's distinguish the synodal process that the universal church is undertaking at the initiative of Pope Francis and the synodal process as it was carried out under the uh, German Conference of Catholic Bishops and with lay members of the laity as well. So they had kind of you know, tipped their hand, you know, last fall that they were moving in this direction. And despite the uh, admonition of our Holy Father, Pope Francis, not to go there, 
They did vote uh, to adopt formal ceremonies for the blessing of same-sex relationships, defying the Vatican and testing our church's unity on one of these more contentious issues, our moral teaching on homosexuality. So it was a majority of 38 to 9 with 11 abstentions. And so, you know, each bishop will have that uh, discretion, supposedly, we'll say putative discretion. Is it really within their authority is doing so? So, you know, we know the church has experienced different moments of rupture. This is kind of a potential schism or division, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, as with the Protestants and Martin Luther and things. So we pray for the unity of the church all the more. And this does stir, but ultimately our trust that God will guard and protect his church, even though there might be individual shepherds who stray from the flock. And so we pray for the people in the Church of Germany, just as we pray in solidarity with all our priests and bishops and pastors. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll visit with Father James A. Ancora and Father John Broby. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to our business partner, Chip In for Charity, the St. Vincent de Paul Golf Fundraiser to Fight Hunger, Thursday, May 25th at Copper Creek Golf Course, 10 a.m. Shotgun Start. For registration and sponsorship opportunities, visit svdpdsm.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Conant Services, offering installation, maintenance, and 24-7 emergency service of all types of HVAC equipment in Des Moines and surrounding areas. Learn more at ConnetServices.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Knights of Columbus Borman and Pfeiffer Agencies, serving the Catholic families in Iowa. The Knights of Columbus is a fraternal benefit society providing financial security to members and their families, specializing in life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, and retirement annuities. And you can reach Knights of Columbus Field Agent Rob Ryan at 563-689-6801. That's 563-689-6801. Thank you and God bless. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're talking about the Holy Land, where Jesus lived, ministered, and died. Our guests today are Father James Ahenkara, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Council Bluffs, and Father John Broby, associate pastor at St. Francis Parish in West Des Moines. Both priests recently made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And so so good to have you both, fathers, on this morning, this day of the Chrism Mass and St. Peter and Paul in Atlantic. But here we are, and uh, appreciate you sharing some of your experiences. But even more, we appreciate your ministry, your dynamism. You're both, in your own respective ways, catalysts for the Holy Spirit and your, your great love for the Word of God that you bring to bear and your respective gifts. And Father James, obviously, of the Archdiocese of Accra in Ghana, and Father John of Techiman as well. And so uh, blessing our diocese by your, your presence and ministries. Father Broby, just to kind of start here, and you know, you're known, uh, you know, we would hope every priest would be known for their love for the Word of God, but you in a very distinctive way accented. So how did it come to be that you took this pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and who were you traveling with in just uh, this past February? Thank you, Bishop. My journey to the Holy Land has been a miracle. <laughs> uh, to be honest, the Holy Land has never been on my bucket list. <laughs> And uh, just last year in June, when Father Ray McHenry was preparing for his retirement, I went into the office one day and he just asked me, Father John, would you like to go to the Holy Land with me? I, just, I said, yes, I would like to go. No, and no, that was no moment to think or anything. You just no, no. Okay. <laughs> and that was it. And it was with um, 35 programs from St. Francis, St. Thomas More. And then Indianola. 
Indian Oil St. Thomas Aquinas, tremendous. Yeah. So, and of course, Father, Father Ray had been pastor in Indian Oil, so yes. the relationships that he had there as well. So, so it was your first time as well. And Father James, you made a pilgrimage likewise with, with your own parishioners at St. Patrick there in Council Bluffs. Yes, Bishop. Thank you for having me on your program. Unlike Father Brobe, it had always been on my bucket list. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I, when I got to St. Patrick, I, I realized my predecessor, Father Glenn Wilwelden, mm-hmm. had plans of taking parishioners to the Holy Land, but unfortunately he suffered a stroke, and so that trip could not come on. So I saw that in his files, and I decided to take that up. So were people lobbying you, this unrequited desire they had to, to make the actual pilgrimage? Interestingly, no. Nobody lobbied me. But uh, when I found that in my father's file, uh, like, I, I decided to uh, embark on that pilgrimage. And interestingly, in that same week, we got a call from the travel agency to ask if we were interested in doing that pilgrimage. Wow. Uh, okay. The yeah. Holy Spirit opening the door. And and obviously, yeah. a lot of travel was on hold during the pandemic. And so I think probably for a lot of groups. Did you find that there were numerous uh, other groups traveling at the same time as you each respectively were there? Father Broby. Yes. Um, there were surprisingly a lot of people from Ghana. I met some <laughs> pilgrims who had come from Ghana and then our neighboring country, um, Congo. And then there was a group also from South Africa. And the the icing on the cake was the Ital- the Italian programs, <laughs> and and that was the icing on the cake. So I had a lot of people to interact with. So really, a kind of a cosmopolitan, you know, yes. ecumenical group, really yes. from the worldwide in, in present, and a few rogue Americans as well there, oh, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as well, yeah. Uh, so uh, we en- we're entering into Holy Week. And obviously to be in the actual places that uh, we were. Father James, uh, you know, you'd probably envision these places and you're praying over the scriptures and everything else. But uh, things began to happen for you. And uh, any highlight that you'd like to hold up to us from the trip? Yes, Bishop. Uh, For my highlights, it will be all these holy places that I have the privilege of celebrating Masses with my parishioners. Mount Carmel, the Mount of Beatitudes had a renewal of vows for the couples and Cana, the Basilica of the Annunciation, the Church of the Transfiguration, Montebo, the Church of Nativity in Bethlehem, Bethany, uh, the Church in Gethsemane. Then we also had a holy hour at Gethsemane. And then uh, we said Mass at St. Peter. Did, in did you stay awake? Did you stay awake during that hour or not? We, we, we tried. We tried to stay awake. <laughs> Sometimes at our holy hour at the cathedral, <laughs> I've been known just a little bit to nod off, just a little bit. <laughs> so resting in the Lord. So the, 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 the flesh is weak sometimes. So. <laughs> but the entire hour, I had to be in the uh, confessional listening to confession. So oh, the privilege of offering God's mercy. Yes, yeah, yes, so, yes, yes. All right. So. And then. Perhaps the, the highest point will be the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Mm, the place where Jesus was crucified and then his body was laid, right? The, the, yeah. you know, those two sites are very, very proximate to each other as well. Um, you know, before we get to that, maybe anything that happened there for you, Father James, coming to Father Broby, is it pretty similar itinerary or were there other places that uh, really kind of leapt out at you and maybe that the Lord was privileging you? with? A, a, I, I think it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. As he has mentioned, is the same way, mm-hmm. beginning um, at Mount Carmel, uh, the home of um, the prophet Elijah, where he was in the cave, and then all the way 
to Galilee and then you know, moving all the way to Jerusalem. So it's pretty much the same journey. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe distinct tour companies, or did you even have the same company? Or, I mean, they just kind of follow the same, you know. I think the overseas company, I don't know Father James' company, okay. but we had the overseas we, company. Okay. Okay. We had Magi Travel. Okay. All right. Very good. And, and Father Broby, um, you know, you, you know, as I mentioned, you kind of, you know, elaborate, expound upon the scriptures in such a, a vivid way. Did you feel like you were able to indulge that in your preaching at the masses that were celebrated or even just in any kind? Obviously, you had guides kind of on exposing the, the sites for you. But were you moved in any particular way in, in preaching or in the scriptures? I was uh, particularly moved by our tour guide who happened to work with Pope John Paul II, now St. Pope John Paul, and also worked with um, Pope Benedict, and uh, actually worked on getting a gift from Pope Benedict to um, the upper room, the, the three trees, the vine, the wheat, and then um, the, the, it's one in three, where they asked Pope Benedict not to bring anything that is religious, but he managed to present a tree that has the, the wheat, that has the, the vine, which symbolizes the, the bread, and then the wine, and then another, the olive, in all in one, mm. presented to the, the, the... This was an image or an actual... Yeah, it's an actual, actual tree made, ah. of, um, uh, uh, made of metal. Ah, okay. And it was a gift presented to the upper room, and because he was asked not to present anything religious, he made that symbol, which actually represents the Trinity on one hand, the, the body and the blood of Christ on the, on the other hand. And this is the tour guide who actually facilitated getting the gift from um, Rome to, to the Holy Land. Marvelous. And so he's very knowledgeable and actually was born on top of the Holy Sepulchre. Right? near a house near the Holy Supper. The guide was tremendous. So we had a, somebody who was very knowledgeable and I couldn't talk. I had to I had to listen all through to actually get a lot of wisdom from this this wonderful man. Okay. That wasn't penitential for you to listen, right? No, you were drinking it. I, I love to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love to listen. <laughs> well, I suspect this image, this artistic rendering, bringing those three symbols together, didn't go unnoticed, but they probably cut him some slack, you know, to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sure they did. <laughs> and on the heels of the, the, you know, the Pope Emeritus' death and everything else, that they were maybe even more solicitous as well. So, Father James, the, the Holy Sepulchre Church, I, I'm told that uh, God was uh, very gracious to you and some of those who were with you. What happened there? Yes, Bishop. I, I think words cannot adequately express what happened in that moment. Um, four of us entered the tomb, in, um, and Im- immediately I entered. I just literally collapsed on the slab there, the stone slab there, and I was just weeping uncontrollably. And mm. I'm not a type who cries. <laughs> I don't cry, and I found myself weeping there. Hmm. And then suddenly, from nowhere, I heard a voice that said, it's okay. And this voice said it twice, it's okay. It sounded like a very feminine voice. And then even as I was still crying on the slab, I could feel the presence of a fit person in the room. 
I didn't tend to look at who it was, but I could have this strong feeling. I had this strong feeling that there was somebody standing behind me. When we came out of the tomb, those who were with me, two of them were sisters. The other asked um, their sister, were you the one consoling father? And she says, no, I didn't say anything. Apparently, she had also heard that voice, the same words, it's okay, on two occasions. And she also felt the presence of a fit person. It took her a couple of weeks for her to be able to freely talk about that experience. Mm. It, it was just a wonderful experience. And I said, words cannot just express how we felt in that, in that tomb. So very profound, very personal, and, and shared among you. So this kind of yeah. manifestation or grace, uh, were you led to conclude uh, anything or draw any inference, uh, an angelic presence, the Blessed Mother, or you know, in any way? Yes, I, after a prayerful reflection, I, I, I concluded it was our dear Mother Mary in their consoling times. Because I had had other experiences and other pilgrimages, Marian pilgrimages, and I could just conclude it was our mother who was just there consoling all of us. Wow. So just as, you know, she was taken into the, to John, the apostles, the beloved disciples, embrace, but to also mm. embracing us and you, her, you know, one of the beloved sons. So beautiful consolation and, and beloved daughters who are with you also. So. Yeah, a particular yeah. grace, you know, you, you can't orchestrate these things or anything. It just, no, uh, it's no. It's sheer inbreaking it, there. And, that's yeah. nothing to do with me, just unmerited grace. Yeah. I mean, you're you're a pretty holy guy, but you know, I mean, this uh, transcended. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bishop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so, and the fruits of that, it left you, it consoled you and left you at peace, which. Yes, yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. It so, did. Wow. And then did you linger there at the, in the church? Or were you able to pray at length? Or would you, you know, was your group uh, uh, privileged to stay, uh, you know, into the watches of the night? Or was that uh, not? Uh... Interestingly, because the same day we had to leave uh, the Holy Land. Wow. So, so we couldn't spend much time there. We were leaving that same day. So we had to go back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. But uh, we started the day with uh, Via Dolorosa. Mm. We all carried our crosses, and we came to the Holy Sepulchre. Wow. What a searing last experience, then, and, of course, then the flight as well. <laughs> Father John, and, and the, Father James, feel free to weigh in after I pose this to Father John. Uh, this sense of pilgrimage, was there a buildup for you with your group? Did you meet with them? Did you try and cultivate this sense of, you know, making a procession almost? You know, we think about the Stations of the Cross, you know, and as Father's just mentioned, the Via Dolorosa, uh, this opportunity to be with Jesus at these various places where, you know, his suffering was uh, acute. You know. Yes, we had a wonderful um, way of the cross with our, with our group. And I think that was an amazing part of our journey, you know, having to walk in the same steps that Jesus walked, you know, going to um, Calvary with, with, his, with his cross. And even with all the developments and all the uh, zigzags that they now have, uh, you could still feel, you know, that it, came, it really came alive. And especially coming just at the beginning of Lent, it, it makes our, our Lenten season, you know, take another, you know, level. And uh, a couple of us gathered on Friday, 
just after the Stations of the Cross um, at St. Francis, and they were all sharing how this year's you know, Stations of the Cross has become more meaningful, you know, having a geographical picture of the real way of the cross. And I think um, that is an experience that will carry all our lives. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the devotion of the Stations of the Cross was for those who didn't have the opportunity to, to travel to the places where Christ lived and walked among us, You're kind of bringing them to each and every parish church in this way. But if you can have both experiences, how they just that amplify one another, yeah, and so yeah. that you, you kind of transcend time. But James, you, are, you, you seem like you'd like to weigh in here. Yes, and even before we went for this pilgrimage, we met a couple of times, and for the group, it built this sense of community. We, we gathered to pray to prepare ourselves for that pilgrimage, and it was just an amazing time and experience for all of us. We came back, and you, we were reading the scriptures, and scripture just comes alive to you. A typical example will be the uh, the gospel for the third Sunday of uh, of, uh, of Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an encounter with the, the woman at the well, and we were at Jacob's well, you know. And I was telling Parisinet in my reflection, I drank from this very well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe not the living water to which Jesus was referring, but uh, and whether you were there at noon in the heat of the day or not, but uh, not yeah. alone as, yeah. as the Lord was. But uh, no, mm-hmm. that just uh, again, how vivid for you and the and the grace of all of that too. Um, and with the historical detail that the guides were providing, you know, and how now maybe new facets of scripture are kind of popping out to you in a way that uh, hopefully, you know, that's the fruit for the people that, you know, in your preaching and everything else and others who were privileged to be with you. But uh, let's uh, let's take a little pause. All right. We're going to take a quick break and return. We'll just continue our discussion on the Holy Land. You're listening to Megan Personal with Bishop Johnson and Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, joinserra.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from businesses and organizations who share in the mission of connecting listeners to Christ while connecting you to their products and services they provide. To learn more and support the businesses and organizations who support the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, visit iowacatholicradio.com to view our business sponsors. If you'd like more information on how your business or organization can become a business sponsor, contact Deacon Mark, 515-223-1150, 515-223-1150. And we are back with making it personal with Bishop Johnson with Father James Ankara and Father John Proby on today's show. Yeah, and a week from today, we will be celebrating Good Friday. And uh, Christians around the world are asked to be very mindful of the holy places there and the, the custody of the holy places entrusted to the Franciscan order, but also the Latin Rite Patriarchate, among the other uh, Christians uh, and the Uniate churches and the Orthodox as well who are there. Uh, not... You know, untoward uh, for for many that the experience of kind of gaining a sense of the p- present political situation and things that are part of that. Uh, Father Broby, uh, you've indicated, but uh, you didn't really sense any of this tension. Is that correct? Yes, um, Bishop. Just before we're leaving, we we heard of um, 
certain disturbances around the Gaza area and all that. So a lot of us were a bit apprehensive uh, going to the Holy Land. But we got to the Holy Land and it was as peaceful as you can, you can imagine. And uh, some of our colleagues were even asking that they have not seen any soldiers around. And that was how you know, peaceful it was. That we didn't feel any, any bit of a, a threat. And then going to Bethany and seeing the wall that divides um, Palestine and Israel. And then our tour guide telling us his brother lives just behind that wall and he lives on the other side. You know, tells us that it is only a wall separating them. And, and they were actually living as one people because you could find um, souvenirs with Jerusalem, with Israel, right in Palestine. And you could find on the other side the same thing. So okay. I, didn't, I didn't feel... So the exchange of commerce and things that was yes. there, yeah. But uh, Father James, uh, was your experience similar or did you have any kind of moments of tension? Yeah, we had beautiful moments. We saw a lot of soldiers and all, but we felt they were there to protect us, so no one was really afraid, you know. But uh, when we went to Jericho on our way back, we had some kids throwing stones at our at our bus, and something interesting happened. Our driver and then the tour guide, uh, Israel, Arab, Israeli, Catholics, and so that was a very beautiful mix there. And so he, Arab is really Catholic. <laughs> Yes. Well, ambassadors, and they would go yeah. Out there and and talk to the kids, and then and, and they stopped. And so that was the experience. We, we but we, uh, we never felt threatened. We never felt threatened. So they respond peacefully and try to engage in dialogue yes. rather yes. than yes. you know, yes. yeah, trying to uh, tase them or something <laughs> in that way. Yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to make light of that situation because we know it is politically fraud and that the Christians there. So our, our solicitude for them, our, our prayer for them, but also the custody of the holy places. Uh, Father Broby, you know, we know that the Latin Rite Patriarch has a, a certain uh, uh, preeminence there and uh, the members of the Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre, which I was uh, privileged to be inducted last September uh, in that, but uh, a special mission to, to look after these places. So were there members of your group who were looking to have that uh, moment of encounter with a representative of the Patriarchate? Yes, uh, Bishop, we had uh, two of our members who are Knights of the Holy Sepulchre. And uh, they were honored at, the, at, at our visit. And so we had uh, the privilege of meeting the Auxiliary Bishop of the Latin Patri- Patriarchate. And in this uh, meeting, our two friends, uh, Rose Ann and Steve Ackerson, who are parishioners of St. Francis, were actually honored. And we were very happy to be part of this beautiful ceremony. Yeah, and uh, you know, and again, they're not folks who want to heap honors upon themselves or are looking for distinction, but just I think again a sense of this solidarity and that uh, we might be half a world apart, but uh, uh, we're very close in our faith and the bond that we know, and uh, and with that comes the responsibility of stewardship and to 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 support those who maybe don't aren't allowed to simply flourish in their faith. So I know the many works that they do, uh, not just protecting buildings, but uh, allowing the schools, hospitals, and other places to flourish. So fathers. James and John Broby, uh, please uh, may you have a graceful Holy Week, and I look forward to celebrating with you later today. Thank you, Bishop. Thank, thank you, Bishop. And Bishop, you know I will not label that saying greetings to my parishioners, the best Catholic church in the whole world. <laughs> no show would be complete. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another edition of Making thank a Personal Bishop Thank you very much for having us on the program. <laughs> 
You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at joinserra.org.